We turn today to Mark chapter 10, and we read verses 46 to 52, meeting Jesus at the side of the road. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet. But he kept crying out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him here. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, stand up, he is calling for you. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following him on the road. Father, we thank you for the songs that we have sung this morning that remind us of the privilege to come to you. We see that illustrated so clearly in the life of Bartimaeus, where he was told to take courage, stand up, he's calling for you. Lord Jesus, would you call this morning through your word? Show us, Lord Jesus, our need, remind us of who you are and Pray that our faith, our trust, would be placed solidly in you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I wonder what it was like that day when Bartimaeus woke up, probably thinking, same old, same old, right? Head to my spot along the road and put up my tin cup and hope that someone will Put a few coins in there to meet my need. Something happened that day that I don't think Bartimaeus expected. He met Jesus that day. And Jesus did more than putting a coin in his cup. Jesus restored his sight. He transformed Bartimaeus' heart. And he began to follow Jesus from that day on. There are three lessons I want you to see from this text. First of all, Jesus has time for you. Jesus has time for you. Uh, Jesus traveled from place to place in his earthly ministry, and there was almost always a crowd. Read through the Gospels and you will notice that just about everywhere he went, there was a crowd. Sometimes the crowd was so large that it literally numbered thousands. How do we know that? Well, remember when these people were hungry and Jesus fed them loaves and fishes? At one point there were 5,000 plus. Another time there were 4,000 plus. I'd say that's a pretty good sized crowd, right? 
And so wherever he traveled, it seemed as if there was a crowd everywhere. But there's something interesting about Jesus' ministry when crowds were there. He never lost sight of that one person that came to him and needed his touch. Here is an example in the life of Bartimaeus. We're told in verse 46 that there was a large crowd that was following Jesus in the city of Jericho. And yet the one thing we know about that day is what happened to Bartimaeus. I don't know what else happened that day, but we do know what happened to Bartimaeus. And that isn't the only time in the New Testament where we see Jesus changing the life of one person in the midst of a crowd. I'm going to give you some examples, and there are more. Matthew chapter 8, there was a man with leprosy in the midst of a crowd. He kneels before Jesus, asking to be made clean. And so Jesus reaches out, touches him, which obviously they wouldn't have done in those days with leprosy. He healed him. The leper was just one man in the crowd among many. In Mark chapter 2, Jesus is in Capernaum. And there is no room in the house. So remember these four men? They, they carry this paralyzed man and they dig a hole in the roof and they drop him down right in front of Jesus. Oh man, wouldn't that be glorious? Our maintenance department would be a little bit upset with that. But just think of that. There was that one man and Jesus changed his life. Mark chapter 2 again, we find Jesus in the midst of a crowd and there is a man there by the name of Levi, whom we also know as Matthew, who was a tax collector. (laughs) Jesus called him, Matthew, you follow me. In the midst of that crowd, he, he singled out Levi. Do you need any more? I've got some more. Mark chapter 5, we read about a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, and there was this crowd, and she comes and she touches Jesus, and she is healed, just one suffering woman among many in that crowd. I'll give you one more, Luke chapter 19. Jesus is in Jericho again, and there's this little guy, remember him? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. I better stop. The crowd was so large, this little guy couldn't see. He climbs up in a tree. Jesus said, I know you, Zacchaeus. I know your name. You come down. I'm going to come to your house today. And Zacchaeus came down and received him gladly. Let me ask you, are you that one person? That one person in the crowd that, that needs Jesus today? Are you that one that recognizes your need and recognizes that you need a Savior, come to Jesus, right? That's what we just sung. Whatever your need is today, come to Jesus. He sees you. You can't hide from Him. I see you too, but more importantly, He sees you. And He knows you. He knows your need today. He has time for you in the midst of the crowd. And remember, you need Him. 
You need him more than anything else in the world. You need Jesus. He has time for you today. Notice, secondly, Jesus is concerned about you. I think it's safe to say that there were many, many people in the crowd of Jericho that day that knew Bartimaeus. I mean, daily he was there along the road with his tin cup, asking for help, putting his cup out, and, and people were dropping coins in. They knew that man, knew Bartimaeus. And knowing human nature, there were some there that were probably tired of hearing his voice. Can you picture that? I can. At least this day, they were tired of hearing his voice. Verse 47 says, When Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And what was the response? Many were telling him to be quiet. Probably in other terms than what Mark says. Probably stuff like, just shut up. We've heard enough from you. Be quiet. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet. Who were the many? Was it people from Jericho that were saying, be quiet? Could it have been some of the disciples? Oh, no, never, never. Couldn't have been them, right? Huh? Well, think about it. That would not be shocking because they had previously shown a little bit of irritation with people. Mark chapter 9. Here's John. He says to Jesus, Teacher, verse 38, We saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he's not following us. But Jesus said, Do not hinder him. Get that word. Do not hinder him. For there is no one who will perform a miracle in my name and be soon afterward to speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is for us. Do not hinder them. And then the very familiar one, Mark chapter 10 earlier, they were bringing children to Jesus, that Jesus should touch them. But the disciples, what? Rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. And he said to them, permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them. Exactly. Do not hinder them. So sometimes those who ought to have concern for people in need are the ones that are standing in the way. Even Jesus' disciples. Wow. I find it interesting to notice what Bartimaeus did when people told him to be quiet. He was not about to hear that. He was not going to stand for that. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more. And that is a present tense. It wasn't just one more time. It was ongoing. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of David, Mercy on me. Here was a man that was not ashamed to admit admit his need, was he? Jesus, I need you. 
why this ongoing cry for help? Well, certainly there's one reason may have been that Jesus was, was passing by. Did you notice that in verse 46? Then they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus cries out to Jesus. So if you put yourself in the shoes of Bartimaeus, what are you thinking? He's on his way out. He's leaving the city. I have a need that only he can meet. Jesus, have mercy on me. In the mind of Bartimaeus, he's probably thinking, this, this might be my only opportunity. This might be my only, my only shot, my only chance. And he was not going to let anyone stop him from crying out to Jesus. Is it possible that today might be someone's last opportunity to cry out to Jesus? Do you plan on being here tomorrow? I don't mean here in church, but I I mean alive tomorrow? I think so, right? Do we know that? Are we sure of that? No. And so we need to take advantage of the opportunity to come to Jesus today. Remember when Jesus called out to Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, you come down for today. Today I must stay at your house. Why? Because today is the day of salvation, right? How many times do you see that in Scripture? Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear us hard, don't harden your heart. And so from the perspective of Bartimaeus, wow, here's my chance. And he was not ashamed to cry out to Jesus. And Bartimaeus must have had understanding of who Jesus is. That Jesus was the only one who could heal him. There's something interesting here. In verse 47, Mark tells us that Bartimaeus heard that Jesus the Nazarene was passing by. But what did he call Jesus when he cried out for mercy? Not Jesus the Nazarene, but Jesus the son of David. What's he saying? He's saying he's the Messiah. He's the one that was promised in the Old Testament. And I read from Isaiah 35 this morning for a reason. I hope you caught that phrase, the eyes of the blind will be opened. Isaiah 35 verse 3 says, Encourage the exhausted and strengthen the feeble. Say to those with anxious heart, Take courage. We see that in the text, don't we? Take courage. Fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come, but He will save you. And then verse 5 says, Then the eyes of the blind will be opened. Maybe Bartimaeus understood Isaiah 35, huh? The son of David was going to come and say, Take courage. Don't fear. The eyes of the blind will be open. And so Bartimaeus was recognizing who Jesus was. 
So this might be his only chance to meet the only one who was able to help him. So in the midst of the crowd, here's this blind man crying out to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Verse 49 says, Jesus stops. Jesus stops. For a moment, the crowd must have stopped too and perhaps heard what Jesus said. Because Jesus said, call him here. So they called the blind man saying to him, take courage. Stand up. He's calling. Now, I find this interesting, that Jesus asked the people to tell Bartimaeus to come to him, because Jesus could have done that himself, right? He heard him cry, he stopped, he could have said to Bartimaeus, come to me, right? Like he said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. Come down. But he tells the people there to call him. And I think there's an important reason for that. I think Jesus wanted to teach this crowd something important. Instead of hindering people from coming to Jesus, which in fact they were, right? They were standing in the way as an obstacle for Bartimaeus. They were telling him to be quiet. Jesus said, you do not stand in the way. Do not do that at all. You invite them to come to me. You tell them to come to Jesus. Alan Cole says, The disciple who impedes the way to the Master, as the twelve had done before this, is a contradiction in terms. The disciple is true to his or her calling who says as here to the one in need, take heart, rise, he's calling for you. Isn't that our mission, right? To take the message of salvation and to invite people to come to Jesus? To say, take courage, get up and come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. That is why I often give an invitation to come to Jesus when I proclaim His Word. If His Word is being proclaimed, then Jesus is present. And I believe we can say, take courage, He's calling for you. He's calling for you. I remember my dad telling the story about this lady We used to come to their house when my dad was a boy, a traveling sales lady. She came with her suitcase, and then she would show my grandmother all the things that she had for sale. She'd open, you know, this and that, I suppose kitchen stuff and whatever. And I remember my dad saying, never once did she close up her suitcase and walk out the door without asking my grandmother a question. What do you think it was? Mrs. Franz, what would you like would you like to buy something? 
And I can hear my dad saying, wouldn't it be tragic if we are presenting the gospel of Jesus and we give no invitation to come and to buy? Not buy in the sense of you know, offering something. Isaiah 55 talks about come and buy without money, without cost, freely, because Christ has paid the price And so here then we see Jesus says to the people, you tell him to come. You've been hindering him. Instead, you invite him. So what did Bartimaeus do? Take courage. Jump up. He's calling for you. Ah, maybe some other time. Are you kidding me? I'm doing just fine. Without him. See, I've got my cup. People put money in there. And then I go home and my needs are being, I'm, I'm, I'm just fine. Would that have been foolish? That would have been so foolish. And so throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. I don't know how high he jumped. Probably not as high as Ben there, but uh, he jumped. What a what a glorious, gracious invitation! And he came came to Jesus. I'd ask myself, why don't we see more of this today? Why are people so concerned about their spiritual life? Why are so many just? the Lord away and, and wanting to go their own way and doing their own thing. What is the problem? I think one of the things is this. is because they don't see how much they need Jesus. If you don't think you need Jesus, what are you going to do when the call comes? I think of the church at Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3. Jesus said this to them, Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy, I have need of nothing. Boy, if that's not a word to to America today, I don't know what is. Oh, the stock market is good and, you know, I got my house and my cars and this and that. You know, I'm just fine. I don't need religion as a crutch. Really? You know what Jesus said to that church? You do not know. There's the problem. You do not realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. There's a blindness. A terrible blindness in our world today. Most people don't even realize Tell you what, when you realize your need and you understand how lost you are apart from Jesus, then that call to come is precious, isn't it? And so he jumped up and and came to Jesus. So Jesus has time for you. Jesus is concerned for you. And thirdly, here's the, the good news. Jesus can transform you. Right? He can change you. I find it interesting to notice what 
Jesus does when Bartimaeus responds to the call to come to him. In verse 51, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Now you read that think, well, hmm, don't you know he's blind? <laughs> Can't you see that, you know, he's walking along, maybe he has his stick or whatever, or maybe someone's leading him by the hand or whatever. Wasn't it obvious that Bartimaeus couldn't see. Well, we know that Jesus knew exactly what he needed. He could see that he was blind. But what was Jesus doing? He was giving Bartimaeus an opportunity to confess with his mouth the need in his life. Why? There's something important about a verbal confession of faith, isn't there? Romans 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. There's something important about confessing our need before God. And Jesus then was giving Bartimaeus the opportunity to say, this is my need, Jesus. I confess to you that I need you. Confessing with your mouth what you believe in your heart. In fact, Matthew 10, verse 32, Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before men... I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. So what happens when we confess with our mouths our faith in Jesus? If you look at verse 52, you will notice what happened with Bartimaeus. Jesus said to him, go, you, go your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and he began following Jesus. On the road. Now, there's two obvious ways in which he was changed. There was a physical transformation. He regained his sight. Those eyes that were blind could see again. And I think here, because it says he regained his sight, he must have seen before and had something that took his sight away, and that sight was restored, regained. But you know what the more important change that took place in his life, there was a spiritual transformation. The direction of his life was changed. Mark says he began following Jesus on the road. It would have been sad if the only change happened was his physical change, physical healing, but there was something that happened in his heart because Jesus recognized his faith in him. So the direction of his life was changed. Has Jesus changed the direction of your life? Has He opened your eyes to see His salvation, to see His glory, to see His grace? Did you jump up and say, Lord Jesus, I want to follow You. Live my life for You. Where You lead me, I will go. I was reminded this week of a song that Linda Randall wrote. And I think she must have 
written this song based upon the life of Bartimaeus. Listen to what it says. Like a blind man I wandered so lost and undone, a beggar so helpless without God or his son. Then my Savior in mercy heard and answered my cry. And oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. Since Jesus passed by, since Jesus passed by, oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. Well, I can't explain it. How do you explain God's work of salvation? And I cannot tell you why. But oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. All my yesterdays are buried in the deepest of the sea. That old load of guilt I carried, it's all gone. Praise God, I'm free. Looking for that bright tomorrow where no tears will dim the eye. And oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. I wonder if Bartimaeus will be singing that in heaven someday. Like a blind man, lost, alone. But then Jesus came to town. And before he left, he cried out for his mercy. And his life was changed. Just one man in the midst of the crowd. I'll ask you again. Are you that one today? That one in the midst of the crowd. That one who needs Jesus today. The one who would cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on Your life can be changed because of Jesus and Him alone. Come to Him today. Cry out to Him today. Ask for His mercy. He will forgive you. He will cleanse you. He will open your eyes to see the truth and understand His Word in a wonderful way. And He will walk with you faithfully every moment of every day. Until that day His call comes, come home. Come home. Let's pray. Thank You, Lord Jesus, for Your wonderful grace, for Your mercy that You showed to this blind man, restoring his sight. Lord, would You open our eyes today? If there's one here, Lord, that does not know You, Oh, Lord, give them the grace to say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, forgive me. We pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake.